a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, I got the honor of sitting down with one of the greatest minds of our time, Dr. Irvin Laszlo. He's written countless books. He's a Hungarian philosopher of science, a systems theorist, among many, 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 many things. He is incredible, guys. This is a wonderful conversation. We go deep on this one, so enjoy it. Uh, he is also a part of the Higher Self Expo, which is going to be again on July 17th and 18th, the 24th our global conference. He is going to be one of the keynote speakers, and it should be fantastic. So without any further ado, Dr. Irvin Laszlo. Ladies and gentlemen, beyond excited to be sitting with the great Dr. Irvin Laszlo on the show today. He is going to be part of the Higher Self Expo, which we will get into. Dr. Laszlo, how are you today, my friend? I feel pretty good. Thank you very much. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, okay, so you are a hung- Hungarian philosopher of science, a systems theorist, an integral theorist, and a classical pianist. You just check all the boxes. Is there anything you can't do? Oh, I don't know. I'm not all of those things. I've been some of these things during my life, in my longer lifetime, but right now I try to concentrate my work on, on expressing my ideas in writing and words. You know, because I think we are trying to be timely about the problems that we are now facing, a unique chance in, in society to change our, our ways. I'm trying to help that kind of transformation. I agree. We are at that breakdown or breakthrough point. So which one do you right. think that we're at? That's right. Which one of those two do you think is the inevitable future for humanity? Well, I mean, it's, it's not a question of forecasting the future. It's a question of creating it. You know, mm. it's what, what we do. I have finished, not, it seems strange to say this, but half an hour ago, I sent to the publisher the completed copy of my latest little book, just 100 pages, which is called Upshift, Meeting the Challenge. And I say, yes, we can upshift, we can meet the challenge. It's up to us. You know, so it's, it's, I don't think anything is decided. These big questions are not yet decided, fortunately. But we have a chance to, to create, to create a, a better future for ourselves. And, but we have to be a bit informed and, and, and act together and have, have the will and, the, and a bit of the wisdom to do that. Mm. Completely agree. Do you think that that is achievable in our lifetime? Or what do you think is achievable when we can all band together? Well, I mean, it's easy to achieve it very short order or, or, or we won't <laughs> because the, the problems uh, of, are irreversible, many of them, and are certainly reaching points that are really very difficult to reverse. So we, it's a question of uh, acting now. Change can be very fast, partly because the whole system becomes sensitive, sensitized to change. 
it has been destabilized. There is a, a whole uh, or process of, of undoing the, the dead hand of the past in a way and, and trying to create a new one. A, a real disruptive change is happening. But that's the, that's the basis for constructive change. We have to disrupt the old before you can construct the new. And we are, this is now in front of us. This change can be very fast because of that and because there's the internet and all this media that, that we are using right now, for example, which can communicate ideas. And so therefore ideas can spread very fast. And we can go back to this famous saying by Victor Hugo, also other people have been credited with that too, who said, there's nothing as powerful as an idea whose time has come. And the question is coming up with the ideas and allowing them to, to exercise power. That's sort of, in a nutshell, the, our, our task. It does feel like we're going through a collective consciousness shift right now. And I know you talk about the upshift a lot. So what do you feel was the catalyst for that? It seems to be accelerating. Well, I mean, it's a catalyst. Uh, partly the virus is a catalyst also because it destabilizes the existing system. Climate change is certainly a catalyst, and all the all the corollary problems that you know that you associate with it, like migrant problems, the poverty uh, in the world, the violence, that the the, uh, the unrest, and all that, all those sort of things are are together catalyzing a a, a movement which is beyond the, what we have got, not. Staying the, not the status quo for a long time, relatively long time, let's say decades. We used to think that we have got to stabilize and perfect the way that we are operating as the world. They just make it a bit more equitable, use better technologies and that sort of thing. But otherwise, we must use the world. We keep the world as we have, and just try to get a little more control over it. And now I think since, partly since the virus, but partly also the effects of the global warming, which can no longer, no longer be denied, then uh, it's, it's now a new phase is starting, a phase of, of recognized change, change that we know has to happen because it simply can't stay put the way we were. I am interested in the concept of consciousness and where we are right now. Now, uh, just for briefly here, I, it's my understanding that ancient cultures weren't that primitive. I know a lot of people talk about how the ancient cultures were pretty primitive. I don't know about that. I'm not necessarily convinced by that argument. So the question is, is you lived an incredible life, man. I mean, you've been on this planet for over eight decades of observation and study. You've written countless books. Um, in that time, have you a sense that humanity as a collective uh, has become more enlightened? Or do you think that we've slipped into some sort of cognitive entropy? I don't think it's an entropy. I think we are recogni recognizing gradually that we are connected to each other and to nature, perhaps you might say even to the universe, so that we are not a mechanical puppet, you know, running down as we used to think on the classical Newtonian worldview idea. And so I think we are, we are now on the point of waking up to having a deeper source that we can tap into and trying to help ourselves to becoming what we are instead of the superficial 
grabbing kind of being who just looks for short-term advantages on everything. I think because we are getting wiser, we have to get wiser. We are the old complacency is the deadliest of things, deadliest attitude, and the complacency is gone. is 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 largely gone in the world. It's not just the way it is. Not, you can't just let it go the way it is. It seems that we are really called upon to do something, and that is a very very positive thing. It's it's the prompting. It's it's the signal that says get 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 up and get going i agree now is the time right I, and it does feel like you are an advocate of quantum theory mechanic uh, quantum theory consciousness so classical mechanics cannot explain consciousness uh, and enlightenment and su- superposition could so is is this the direction we're going with our understanding of consciousness well, i think our understanding is that consciousness is a connecting element it's something which is not local the old idea, the old paradigm of consciousness is that it's something that's generated by the brain. It's here and now, it's, if the brain is working, you have consciousness. If it's not working or not working well, the consciousness gets derailed or diffused. And if the brain isn't working, consciousness is, disappears. That was the old idea. <coughs> but now increasingly, it turns out that consciousness isn't 100% dependent on the brain. Consciousness seems to be more like a channel, a transformer. So obviously, if the transformer doesn't work well, the product is not very good either, the result. But it seems that even in the absence of normal brain function, probably even of any kind of brain function, consciousness can persist. And that's the, you know, the famous nearest experiences. Uh, the the out of body experiences, even after death experiences, and whatever you call it, channeling or entering into deeper states of of of, of consciousness, all of the evidence is really coming together that uh, that we have the ancients have known, and that we have largely forgotten that there is a, a consciousness into which we are tapping. So it's not that we're producing it; we are we are tapping into it. And it's, we can use it to, to connect, because this is a non-local phenomenon. Non-locality is a key word nowadays, you know, it's very important, because it's truly, it's, if the information on which we operate is non-local, then we can access it. It's like the internet, only you don't need the electronic me- mechanisms for it, systems. It's there, it's given. It's in the Akashic field, as I used to call it. But so, so basically, I think, yes, a new idea of a new paradigm of consciousness is coming about, and it is a paradigm of conscious connection, or actually subconscious connection to begin with, but we can become conscious of it, and then we can make use of it. Now, you speak of systems theory, which is just the inter- interdisciplinary study of systems. Now, I'm, I'm very interested in what... In, if you change one part of a system, it will affect the rest. So having to do with humanity and moving forward during this time of ascension or awakening or however one wants to, wants to put it, so what adjustments would be beneficial for implementing substantial change in the scientific modality uh, that would introduce spirituality as an accentuation to science instead of being relegated to, you know, all of the all too ignored pseudoscience? 
Well, uh, yeah, this is a very, very deep question. I've, I've been working on this and, and trying to write on this uh, quite a bit these, these, these days. I think the old principle of the whole that is greater than the sum of the parts is coming back. Another principle that comes back is that uh, what is good for the whole is good for the part, ultimately is good for the part. But what is good for the part is not necessarily good for the whole. So it's the opposite of this politics, which says just take myself or my country or, or, or my enterprise or my family or whatever, marketing that's first and, and never mind the rest or actually don't worry too much about the rest. What we have got to do is just take care of one part, our part, what is ours. So this is the contrary to the, to the, ex, the needed principle. The needed principle is you have to take care of the whole, make sure that the whole is safe and sound as much as you possibly can. And then we can see that the part also has the optimal chances of operating. This starts with, with, with healthcare, starts with, with the medical arts, where you have to, nowadays you have to recognize increasingly, and it's a hopefully hopeful sign, recognize that uh, we have to, to preserve the health of an organism. You have to look at the whole organism and not just at that malfunctioning part, which typically Western medical science is always just looking at what went wrong and trying to set it right. And in the process, what it does to the whole organism wasn't very often not really considered. So the principle that we have to operate is, is, is keep the whole safe and sound as much as possible. The whole and biologically is our organism. The whole in the system's perspective is actually the whole web of life on the planet. That's the whole of which you are a part. And so if, if that, if we contribute to the health of that whole system, to its chemical, thermal, and, and, and physical balances, then, you know, then we get ourselves a safer environment. That means every part of the environment plays a role. Yeah, everything's connected and has to do with everything else. And this is your systems work. I, I love this principle and I love this idea. Everything's perfect. Everything's supposed to be here, which is great. Uh, it's just like there's no vestigial organs. We just haven't figured out what they're for yet. It's kind of like with our planet. Uh, it is an organism in itself. And so I love the way that you refer to the care of the planet. Yeah, absolutely right, yes. You're a good system thinker, yes. This is how we have to think. Nature, evolution, doesn't create separate parts. Evolution creates integral sets of, of, of entities connected together, coherent, complex, and working together to maintain the entire system. That's the secret of, of, of health, organic health. That's the secret of, of social, ecological, economic health as well. The whole system has to have its balance, has to be viable, so that we can be a part of it. So this is, uh, it used to be a revolutionary idea, but it goes back to what the ancients knew about, the Greeks knew about, knew about this, obviously. Then in the beginning of the 19th century, Jan Smuts, the, the South African statesman, came up with his book on holism. And uh, it's a bit of metaphysical holism, but it was a good, a good, good push that it gave to this whole movement. And we have to come back to the idea that indeed, it's we are parts of wholes. We are wholes ourselves and, and parts looking out. 
as of the principle of the genus faced entity. Arthur Kessler, you know, the great novelist, said that in, in, in the 1970s, wrote a book on beyond reductionism. And he said, We are all genus faced, two faces, forward and back. We're only a faces, one face is, is down, inta, inside, to the smaller level, to inside us as a system. The other face is facing outward to our environment. And so we are holes in regard to one, and we are parts in regard to the other. But the part is itself is part of a whole, and, and, which, and that whole is a part of still larger holes. So we, this is a sequentially uh, holistic, uh, hierarchical, heterarchical world, world, actually, in which all things interact with all other things. And the maintenance of the balance of the equilibrium of the viability of the whole systems is what is the key to the health and to the to the survival and the evolution of the part. And what's interesting is introduction of variables, because variables alter a system. I mean, anything needs then time to adjust and create a balance within the new variables that are created, such as mankind's impact on the planet, such as the destruction or deforestation of an entire region or area. And these are the things that we need to pay attention to, to balance out or make a better equilibrium for systems in general, especially the one that plays such a large role on our survival. I think it's very important. Yes, it's a vital interest to make sure that our environment is not limited to to, to record that we recognize that our environment is not limited to just to us here and now. Our environment is, is ecologically, is the whole web of life, is our, our vital environment. And everything, any variable that you introduce anywhere in the system is penetrated through the system. It's all, it's all, it changes it. But you have to have resilience, we have to have motivation, we have to get the movement going towards re-establishing health and creating new forms of viable resilient systems. You know, that's the task in, uh, in the new, new biology, it's the task in the new medical sciences, and it's a, it would be about time to have the task recognized also in the political sciences, which is, of course, slower, but it's coming along. Yeah. And I would add to that observant as well, because we need to be able to maintain and monitor the systems as they come about, the changes, and be able to adapt to that. Um, yes, so I know I don't have you long, and we'll wrap it up here in just a few minutes, but uh, the Higher Self Expo is what you're a part of here. You're going to be a wonderful addition to the speakers that are already there. Of course, the topic this year is, for this symposium, is uh, where science meets spirituality one of your fortes, and I'm extremely excited to hear your presentation. So what will you be uh, speaking about at the Higher Self Expo this time? I don't know. Whatever comes, I think. I love it. Just f shoot from the hip, huh? I like to speak spontaneously. Even our early discussion today, I didn't know, really know what it is that interests you. But I happen to talk with you about your interests, as long as I can say something about it that intersects with my interests. You know? There's so much to say, so much to do. I have a lot of material accumulated. I have no less than four books coming out for the rest of this year. You know, it just so happens. I mean, one of them I, I, I finished a few, a half an hour ago, but the others have, have already in print. And uh, by, before the end of October, all uh, should be published. And there's a lot of material. So I can dip into all, all that that I've been thinking about. 
and try to come up with uh, what in, what interests the people around me. Hopefully, it's what interests is not just a, a personal hype, but it's something which is, is really meaningful. It's, it's in the common interest. Well, I think uh, I can speak for a lot of people by saying that whatever interests you uh, interests us, because you've got a very incredible, you know, sight to see big picture items, and your your specialties are so. Uh, niche, but the way that you tie everything together uh, on a on a large philosophical leather level is something I'm incredibly impressed with. So um, we'll wrap it up here, Dr. Laszlo. I just wanted to thank you so much for your time. Did you have any any extra anything else that you'd like to add to this conversation? I just am very pleased to find that you are a good real systems thinker, and that you can make sense of the world around you and of yourself in the world using these concepts which I think are, are, are a great improvement over the rather mechanistic and, and, and separatist and fractionated kind of concepts that we have been using as a mainstream society operating as of nature would be kind of a mechanism. So society itself is almost like a mechanism that you can sort of push and pull buttons on it and replace parts if it doesn't work or that kind of thing, purely the, the old ideas. And it's time now to come back to this kind of systems thinking, which you represent, and I'm very happy to talk with you about it, and we can develop these ideas also in the future as you like. Absolutely. You are welcome anytime you have a home here. I know that you and I have much to discuss, so I would be honored to have you back on in the future. That would be wonderful. I'll be seeing you anyway on the show, I think. So uh, it's very nice to talk with you. And I wish you all the best. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. A true honor to be able to sit down with the great Dr. Irvin Laszlo. Please check the show description for all the ways to find him, including a link to the Higher Self Expo, which will be occurring on July 17th and 18th, the global conference with, uh, I think, over 33 different speakers. It's a 24-hour event. It's fascinating. So he will be a part of that. You guys just check out the links in the description to find not only his works, but uh, direct uh, contact to that expo so that you can enjoy it and the other great speakers as well. So as far as this show goes, guys, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be found, as well as the YouTube link, which will take you to this video. So if you're an audio-only listener, go check out the videos. There's a whole another component to this that you're missing out on that you can take advantage of for free. So uh, if you're... If you enjoy the show, guys, liking and sharing is always the best way to do it. We also have a Patreon on expandingrealitypodcast.com that you can contribute if you feel called to. Beyond that, guys, go out into your world. Think about these deep concepts. Uh, look forward to the Higher Self Expo coming up again July 17th and 18th with Dr. Urban Laszlo. Uh, as well as get out of the left-hand lane, uh, buy a meal or a coffee for someone in line behind you. Let's just remember that we live in a great system and we're all part of this massive, beautiful organism called planet Earth. Beyond all of that, guys, go out into your world this week and just be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time.